it gets to this time of the year and um, things start to happen that point out the season for us, the season of Christmas. Christmas is definitely here, isn't it? You've started to see the decorations in the street and um, shopping centres are starting to play Christmas carols as you walk around. We've got a tree, it's got lights on it. Um, Gifts are wrapped, maybe, if you're very organised. If you're at my house, they're not quite wrapped yet. Um, Plans have been made, maybe. These are the things that indicate to us that in a short time we'll, we'll hopefully be on holiday from work and be celebrating with food and family and friends and fun. These are the signs of the season, aren't they? And I wanted to speak to you this morning about signs. Um, Signs that point us to something or direct us in some way. Um, Road signs, for example, are able to tell us um, things about the road ahead that a GPS can't. Things that you can't know before you get there. They tell you things um, like that there might be danger, like this sign. (laughs) Um, It gives you a warning or that gives you directions like these two signs that hopefully we obey. They can help you avoid danger. So this one um, can alert you to a fact that a moose might crush your car. Um, I feel like that's an important warning. Signs can also um, protect wildlife. So this is a sign from Phillip Island. Um, Just make sure you check under your car for penguins um, before you leave. I don't think that's a major problem for us here in Preston um, or for you at home, um, playing at home. But, you know, just check. Before you leave today, just check that there are no penguins under the car. And also, um, there are some signs that seem quite unhelpful from time to time. So this is a sign that Greg and I found on our walk. I'm not quite sure what people figured they were supposed to do when they go over a speed bump. But just so you know, the car goes down the other side. That's what we decided this sign was about. Cars go up on speed bumps and then they go down. So um, it's good to start the morning with a bit of a chuckle, isn't it? Signs can be helpful, but we need to be able to understand them. We need to know what they're there for. They make the best sense when we kind of see them in context. So when a a road sign isn't on the road, it isn't actually meaningful to us. In the passage um, that we're going to look at this morning, there's a sign that's mentioned, and I'll read it to you in a minute. Um, And we're going to think about what that sign is pointing to or directing us to or telling us about the road ahead. Um, But before I go any further, I just want to flag that some of the ideas in this message, I'm indebted to a pastor and teacher by the name of um, Scotty Scruggs who spoke from this passage a number of years ago and um, I found it really helpful at the time. So I want to share some of those things with you this morning. Um, so we're going to read together um, Luke 2, 8 to 15, and I'm going to have to read it off the screen because I wrote it in my notes but didn't copy down the passage in my notes and my Bible's over there. Um, <laughs> well equipped this morning. So it goes like this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone all around them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. 
you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. These are familiar words to us, aren't they? If you've grown up here or you've um, been here for a number of years, you've probably heard these words every Christmas um, in a carol service or in the lead up to Christmas. You've probably heard them preached from. The angel announces that someone has been born, this one who is described as a saviour, messiah, lord. And these words can sometimes wash over us, particularly at Christmas when they're emblazoned on cards and kind of brightly broadcast in song um, from shopping centres. But how often do we think about what is really being said? The angel in this passage announces good news of great joy for all people. Great joy. I wonder when was the last time that you heard good news that gave you great joy? This good news of great joy has a sign. The sign is this. You will find a baby in a manger. So we're going to think some morning, this morning about this sign and why it's a sign of joy. Um, this sign, like the less silly road signs, points us to the road ahead. It tells us something unexpected about um, who God is and who um, we are as his people. So we're going to jump into this. The angel proclaims that there is a saviour who's been born who is Messiah, Lord. So we're going to look at each of these words briefly and we can kind of come afresh. That's the idea, that we come afresh to what's being announced to us this morning. So we start with that word saviour. A saviour is one that rescues someone from real life danger. When we hear saviour in the context of faith, we often think about Jesus who is saving us um, from sin. And this is true, he absolutely does, but this isn't the way that the shepherds heard this word. For them, saviour is primarily a political word. It's more about restoring peace and justice. Words that are closer for us would be words like hero, activist, leader. Saviour was often applied to political leaders. And the people were anticipating someone who would have a political leadership. And we see that as we read through the Gospels, that Jesus is consistently redirecting people about the kind of kingdom that he will have. So what's being announced is that there is one who is coming to restore peace and justice. This is good news for people who are poor and oppressed and weak, isn't it? This brings joy to people who are seeking peace and seeking justice. This is good news for shepherds who were at the time counted among the least of society. Shepherds are people who are poor and oppressed. What good news of great joy. Someone's coming to save us. So second, let's think about that word Messiah. It's a title. It means anointed one. So Messiah um, kind of comes from the Hebrew, but the equivalent is Christ, if you were looking at the Greek. So in your um, Bible, if you're looking at a different version, it might say Christ, not Messiah. Same thing, same words, same idea. That's 
that's the, the title. It's a functional title um, for the one that God would send to restore Israel. The Hebrew people have been waiting 600 years for this person, for this promise to be fulfilled. We live in such an instant society. 600 years is um, its hard to imagine, isn't it? We can't imagine waiting that long. Or maybe we can. It's like waiting for lockdown to end, I think. <laughs> I got a laugh from my husband, that's good. Um, he hasn't heard this one before, so. It's also like waiting for the day that Jesus will come back. We live in the hope of Jesus' return, do we not? We've been waiting for that for almost 2,000 years. And while we know it and we believe it, it's something that kind of sits at the back of our minds, isn't it? It's not something that we wake up every morning thinking, Jesus will come today. I want to suggest to you this morning, this is probably the case for the shepherds. They've been waiting, but it's that kind of waiting that sits not at the forefront of their mind. It wasn't like, um, the shepherds weren't like the Pharisees or the scribes, the people who were teaching the law. They kind of sat in this space and were waiting and looking for signs all the time for the person who would come. But it's to the shepherds and not to the Pharisees that the angel appears. And these shepherds recognise what it means for the Messiah to be born. The promise is here. The one we've been waiting for is here. This is good news of great joy. And then let's look at that last word, Lord, Saviour, Messiah, Lord. So not just deliverer, not just um, someone who would hero rescue us, not just the promised one, the one we've been waiting for, but this is Adonai, this is Lord. This is God himself who is here. This is the declaration that the angel makes. This is the description of the one who would come into the world. And this will be the sign. A baby, a helpless child who will be in a feed trough. This is the one who will save you. This is what it looks like for God to show up. Seems like a bit of a contradiction to what's been said before, isn't it? There's one who'll bring justice and peace. There's one who's anointed. He's um, been promised. There's one who'll restore Israel. And this one is God himself. And it's a baby. How odd. So why is this the sign? I wonder if you've ever thought about that before. First of all, we need this, don't we? Jesus needs to come. In order to restore our relationship with God, Jesus needs to be fully human and fully God. So Jesus needs to come. And more than that, it's also true that we are worth this coming. I don't know, but um, perhaps you need to hear that this morning. And so if you need to hear it, make sure that you do. You are worth Jesus coming into the world. You are worth Jesus coming. Having said that, the sign is not primarily about us. Signs are about 
the road ahead, right? Not about the person who's reading the sign. So this sign is not primarily about us, it's about him. This sign is like one of those yellow diamond signs on the road. It tells us something about God. It tells us something about the way ahead. This baby clarifies our image of God's divinity. The creator of heavens and earth, the one in whom all things receive life and breath, the powerful and mighty God, the God we heard about in the reading that Lorraine shared with us this morning. This God comes as a child. God comes as a baby. God doesn't come with fanfare or fireworks. He comes as the lowliest baby born in suspicious circumstances to teenagers who were spending the night in a barn. Like, this is, this is God. This picture of God is no less a display of God's power than if he were to show up in some other way. God coming into the world at all in any way is miraculous, shows his power and causes us to respond in wonder and awe. And yet the sign, the symbol, the way that God chooses to come tells us something about the Saviour and the Messiah that Jesus is. And this is what I find to be both miraculous and beautiful about Christmas. The glory of God looks like a baby in a manger. This is what God looks like. Helpless, born out of self-giving love, in order to live a life of self-giving love. And while we all have our moments, um, there's something very pure and very joy-filled about spending time with a baby. Um, you can spend some time with the babies um, here <laughs> later. Um, our little girl keeps me up nights. She drools on me. She pulls my hair. She makes me cry. She requires a lot of work. But that one little smile, that cheeky grin, that little giggle, such joy, such joy. So by coming as a helpless baby, we learn something about our great God. We have a God who cared enough to come as the least, as the smallest, as the most helpless, in order to speak to the least of us in order to be accessible, in order to meet people in joy and delight. God came to restore the broken, to heal the sick, to grant recovery of sight to the blind and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. God came so that he might be found. God came as someone accessible to the least of people, to the shepherds, this is good news of great joy to people who feel excluded. I want to look at this passage, just um, go back to it for a second. The sign itself, the sign is not just that God is, comes as a baby. The sign is you, you shepherds, you will find him. You, the ones who aren't living in expectation, the ones who aren't the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you, who are the least in society, you will find him. You, the ones he came to find. And what is the shepherd's response? 
they're excited, aren't they? Hey, guys, let's pack up our sheep and our, you know, whatever else we've got and let's go to Bethlehem and see this kid. They travel to find this child, this one who is proclaimed Saviour, Messiah, Lord. They tell those who are already present with Jesus at the time what's been proclaimed to them. They get there and they say, hey, this is what we heard. This is the message that they cannot keep to themselves because it is good news of great joy. That's the kind of news you can't keep quiet. In our world, particularly at the moment, the news cycles um, capture things that are not exciting. I don't know if you've noticed that, but often they um, bring the, the news brings with them worry and anxiety. But what if the news that travelled fastest in our circles this Christmas wasn't the latest statistics of COVID cases, wasn't the news of bombings or fires or floods, but instead we circulated and spread joy for a change? Could we make that our mission this Christmas? The shepherds in this story spread the joy that they received. So we need to receive this joy first and then out of that place we share this joy with others just like Alethea shared in that passage. We overflow that joy into others. In this time that um, leading up to Christmas, we're remembering that God came and that God comes. He continues to meet us where we are and that God wants to be found. This is good news of great joy. Let me lead us in prayer for a moment. Lord God, we are awed by you, our Saviour, our Messiah, the Lord. Your holiness is exquisite and beautiful. Your transparency and uniqueness is beyond our understanding. Your creativity overwhelms us. Your ideas are bigger than our wildest dreams and your love is purer than anything we know. We praise you. Yet you, Lord God, are intimate. You are nearer than we dare to believe. Lord, we pray that you would break down the barriers we build up against you, that you would overcome our defensiveness with your grace. Holy Spirit, encircle us with your presence embrace us in friendship Lord without compromising who you are speak clearly to us as we go out from this place enable us to hear you give us words of forgiveness and reconciliation give us words of joy Lord may we be people who overflow joy to those around us Lord we pray that you would give us capacity to worship you in spirit and in truth we pray these things in Jesus name Amen. Just got um, some some things for you to reflect on and um, respond to. Um, so, um, at Christmas time, we remember this gift of joy of Jesus coming into the world. I want you to think about how is this joy shaping your Christmas season? Joy um, is transformational. It changes our perspective. How is joy changing you? 
How have you let joy in? And then how can you share that joy with others? How can you spread that joy to those around you? How can you be the bringer of good news that will be of great joy for all the people? I'm going to have some time. Um, I've left it off that slide, but um, if you would like to respond, you can put it on your um, response card or if you're online, you can um, chat Northern Community or you can send us um, an email or a text and um, we would love to hear from you about how God is moving in you and how joy is shaping you. Thanks, David.